Hey everybody, this is your host, LaVie. Welcome to Thrift Therapy, the podcast all about thrift life. Recycling, collecting, DIYing, all the ups and downs, ins and outs of thrifting. So glad you joined me for this thrift adventure. So, it's the holiday season. I'm sure many of you are deep in the throes of holiday shopping, and I hope your thrift is going really well. My hope is that you are doing lots of gifting, re-gifting, treating yourself, and generally having a good time out in the world, making your holiday dreams come true. For those of you who were around at this time last year during the podcast, you know I don't really celebrate the holidays. And so this is a time when I try to catch up on things that have been stacking up around my house. I have a couple projects I'm going to be working on. I'm going to lay some peel and stick tile in my foyer, see how that goes. I've been very curious about that, and I will do a segment on it in the next season of Thrift Therapy. Speaking of, Season 5 of Thrift Therapy is going to be dedicated to home decor and DIY. I think it's going to be a nice palette cleanser, having done a whole season of fashion, to do something totally different. I'm really looking forward to it. So, of course, I'll be starting off the new year talking about the DIY projects I did over the holidays. If you aren't a celebrator of the holidays either, maybe you're doing some DIYs and I'd love to hear about those. So, shoot me an email. You can always contact me, LaVie, through thrifttherapypod.com by sending me a message. You can sign up for the monthly newsletter there. You can support the show there, and you can join the Facebook group there, and you can hit me up on all the social medias. So it's the one-stop shop for all things thrift therapy. This is the season finale of season four So, I'm very excited to bring you, I guess, what's going to be a tradition, a panel interview. The topic we're going to be discussing today is men who thrift. That is going to be great fun. I'll introduce you to my guest, and we are going to have a raucous good time talking about all kinds of things, thrifty and all kinds of things, political to really make you think, why don't you see more men at the thrift store? I hope you stick around for that. But first, I want to take a minute to thank all my Patreon supporters. I know this is a tight time of year in our budgets. Lots to do, lots of traveling, lots of things to spend money on. And I appreciate all of your financial support. It's what keeps this podcast going. I will read a five-star review I haven't read one in a while, and I'm super excited to do that. So here's the latest one I got. It says, high fives. Now, there's no name on here, so if this is your review, be sure and let me know. You can message me on Instagram or through my website. I want to thank you. But it says, five stars, high fives. 
I'm a lifelong thrifter, and it's so fun to listen to other people talk about one of my favorite subjects. The interviews are great. Levy's enthusiasm and sense of humor keep me entertained, and I'm always looking forward to the next episode. I found lots of cool people to follow online through Thrift Therapy. I'm so happy I found this podcast. Me too. I'm happy you found it too. I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to leave this review, and I wish I knew what to call you. So, secret admirer, I'll call you that. Thank you so much. If you want to go spend some of your holiday time writing five stars reviews on iTunes for all your favorite podcasts, I hope you will do it for Thrift Therapy. It does really help podcasts get seen by listeners who are looking for something new to listen to, and it helps us with rankings. So much, much appreciated. Thrift bags went out at the end of last month, and I hope everybody loved what they got. If you want to sign up for a thrift bag right now before I send them out, I'll be sending them out over the Christmas break. I'm going to send sequins to everybody who gets a thrift bag. I have been stashing vintage sequins for the past four months just for December. I want to send everybody something shiny that they can throw on on their way out the door on New Year's Eve if that's your jam and really feel like a million bucks. And of course, it's secondhand, sustainable, and very well made. That's one of the things that I love most about vintage sequins. If you follow me on Instagram, you know I cannot leave a vintage sequence in the store. I don't even think it matters if it fits me. It's coming with me. And the only deterrent is whatever they put the price at. I tend to not want to pay more than $20 for anything ever. Maybe a fur once in a while. But I like the sequence. So I will pay up to $20. And I'll usually wait and go back and see if it's half price. And I'm pretty lucky. So that works for me. Bags, dresses, jackets are my favorite probably. Blouses, skirts, I have them all. I think the only thing I don't have is like a sequin duster or kimono, like a long sequin jacket. I guess I'll put that on my thrift list. There you go. So expect something shiny in the mail. You can sign up for a thrift bag at thrifttherapypod.com also. Or you can head on over to Patreon and hit Patreon backslash Thrift Therapy. Then sign up at any of the levels there that say Thrift Bag and get yourself one. Now sequins, you have to sign up for at least a $20 Thrift Bag because it counts as two items just due to the bulk and the weight. Just keep that in mind. All right, that's enough of the business, I suppose. Let's talk a little bit about holiday thrifting. I already said I'll bring home anything shiny. So that keeps me decked out in formal fashion all year long. I really don't need to go buy anything specifically for the holiday season, but that's not really going to stop me if the mood hits me. However, I do know that a lot of people really like to buy ugly Christmas sweaters at this time of year. I personally have never done that, but I like looking at people's pictures of these ridiculous sweaters. And I do see them a lot at the thrift stores. I never buy them. It's not my jam. 
But I love to look at yours, so tag me if you are going to wear an ugly sweater in the Facebook group, Thrift Therapy Facebook group, or on Instagram. I want to see. I want to live vicariously through you. I don't want to put in any effort, but I want to get the thrills, right? Like, that's super thrifty. My thrift extends to my entertainment, I suppose. I think what I want to do is just go ahead and do the interviews because it is quite long. If you listen to the season finale for the last season, you know that we just sort of wander around in a roundtable fashion and talk about thrifting from some sort of psychological viewpoint so we can learn things about it from each other. This interview is no exception and the panel was really quite fun because it's all men. I'm going to go ahead and introduce you to the people who decided to do the roundtable with me. First, I asked my husband because he and I thrift together frequently, and I really wanted him to come to the podcast and do a segment. So, Marshy, also known as Gnome Fluth, is on the roundtable panel, and he's going to talk to you a bit about his normcore style his life as a professor, and what some of his views are on why more men don't express themselves freely through fashion. Then I also have Thrifty Benjamin, who lives in Denver, Colorado. He's a student there, and he likes to wear androgynous clothes that he thrifts from all sections of the thrift store, and he's going to talk a bit about why he thinks other people should branch out and what it's been like for him to bend the gender rules on thrifting. Reynaldo joins us from San Francisco, and he has a really great street look that is a smash-up of dandyism and sneaker fashion, and he's going to talk to us a bit about how he expresses himself through fashion and what kind of doors it opens for him based on his vibe and some of his views on what might make other people more comfortable expressing themselves through fashion. I hope you stick around and listen to the whole interview. Be sure and comment over in the Patreon feed. This episode will be ad-free over there. And let me know what your thoughts are on gender and thrift shopping, because I'm sure you have some great insights that none of us even thought of. I'll be right back after the commercial break with a roundtable discussion of Men Who Thrift. Hey everybody, welcome to Thrift Therapy. Why don't you guys take a second to introduce yourself to the listeners and we will get started talking about Men Who Thrift. So who wants to start? I'll start. My name is Benjamin. I'm from Denver, Colorado. I'm a student and yeah, obviously I love thrifting. Yes, I know you as Thrifty Benjamin on Instagram. (laughs) Post a lot of gender fluid outfits is how I would describe them. How do you describe your style? Uh, Yeah, I would say um, androgynous. I love it. It's really fun. Uh, My name is Marshall and um, I have an Instagram called Gnome Floof. It's G-N-O-M-E-F-L-O-O-F. Basically, it's just a bunch of like thrift stuff I put together and I take a picture in the morning and I do it whether or not I feel good about doing it because that's the only way to put content up, I think. I know you as my husband. Yeah, that also I know myself <laughs> that way. 
So I encourage you to have an Instagram account and a full disclosure. I'm not sure if he likes it. So, so yeah, <laughs> since we're fully disclosing, like I find it like super, like a super nuisance. However, the fact that you get to see my outfits and my mom is like looking at my outfits and telling me that I'm a handsome dude. Yeah. So that's basically the only reason you're on there is because yeah. I want to look at your outfits. <laughs> I need more compliments from my mom and my wife. It's kind of the, <laughs> the deal. So Ray, will you introduce yourself to the listeners and tell them a little bit about your thrift presence online? Uh, yeah. Uh, so my name is Ray. Uh, my Instagram is Nina.6 and I'm based out of San Francisco, California. And I've been thrifting for as long as I can remember and I don't think I can stop. It's just a fun hobby. Your style is rad. I like it. What would you call your style? It's a mixture as of late of dandy and also athleisure sneaker culture. Oh, that's what that's called, sneaker culture. I like that. Yeah, it's kind of hip-hop looking to me sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like wearing a suit to work, but then also knowing that I'm mobile, so I'll wear some runners or sneakers. So really mixing up both worlds that I grew up playing basketball and sports and then currently working in a corporate setting where I have to wear suits. <laughs> So it's the, it's a combination of both, but, you know, styling it with thrifted items. Well, you pull it off really well. So you all got into thrifting. I, it, it sounds like you've all been doing it for a long time. Marshall, you were thrifting when I met you because I remember being like, you can't wear that. <laughs> That's, why are you wearing that polar fleece in July in Texas? What's happening? But I actually don't think I know when you first started thrifting. Will you tell me and us, like, when was your first thrift? Oh, yeah. So, uh, Ronaldo, you're kind of, like, not too far away from where I grew up. So you're in San Francisco. If you just head, like, uh, kind of east past Sacramento and then head up closer to Nevada, I grew up in this tiny town called Grass Valley. Okay. It's a, I don't know, well, I was in high school. So in my small town in Grass Valley, there are like half a dozen or eight or something like that, uh, thrift stores there. And all of, there's like, a, there's like a one for shelter cats and there's one like filled with weird tools and there's a Goodwill and stuff like that. So, um, I just got really into it because I didn't have much money and I liked the, I liked the junky kind of clothes that were, uh, in contrast to a small town that has a lot of privilege. And so there's a lot of name brand clothes going around. And so I wasn't really fitting well in there. So I gravitated toward thrift items as sort of like a uh, carving out my identity in my small town. But then I got super addicted. So I would do this thing called, we just called it, I just called it hell because my brother hated it. What it is is that <laughs> I'd go to every thrift store in the town, which is like eight of them all in one day. So I'd, I'd tell my brother like, <laughs> come on, we got to go do this thing. He's like, I don't want to go. This sucks. I was like, no, no, it's, we're going to, we're going to go, we're going to do hell. And so we would go to every single one and spend a couple of, you know, just spend some time poking around looking for stuff. And that was like a regular thing to do. So in a small town, trying to carve out a sense of my identity, uh, got into like the kind of small town thrift clothes that you can get. And it turned into like, uh, it turned like into a, an event. What do you call your style? I don't know. I'm kind of into normcore stuff. So I'm trying to adapt some more. I know normcore has this big, like its big identifier is sort of like ill-fitting, more baggy clothes. And so I'm trying to integrate that kind of thing. But I really like 
well-fitted clothes. So thrifty Benjamin. Yes. Do you remember your first thrift trip? I don't. My family has always just like gone thrift shopping. Not, not, um, not necessarily out of necessity. My parents are just kind of like, um, I don't know for lack of a better word, like thrifty. Um, they really are about saving money. They don't need to be, but they are. I definitely started to get into it more in like my senior year of high school. So, uh, were you like a thrift backslider in high school? Like you just wanted new things for a little while? Did you go through a period like that? Yeah, in like, yeah, like sophomore, junior year. But then like I got a few pieces that were more unique and people started commenting on them. And I was like, well, I'm just going to start wearing the weirdest things I can find. Yeah, I've seen your Instagram, Benjamin. How do you do it? Like, like you'll wear something like super, like super androgynous or I definitely would find it in the women's section. You, you have like a really awesome smile when you're, you have the Instagram pictures and it's like, you're just like super comfortable. You're like at home. How are you, how are you doing that? What do, what do you do? What's the, what's the secret to, to that? <laughs> I started out not in the recorded history of my Instagram, but like I started out with things that were less androgynous. Um, and so I kind of like, I don't know, like when you put a frog in cold water and then boil it so that it doesn't jump out, you know? <laughs> I've never heard that phrase before. Really? Yeah. That, what is it supposed to express? <laughs> it, I'm sorry. You, so if you're trying to cook a frog, um, I would think that you guys would know this since you're like from the South. I'm not really from the South. I just say that to, to, I just say that right. to be cool. If you put the frog straight into boiling water, it will jump out because it's hot. But if you put it into cold water and then like slowly turn the heat up, it like won't notice and it will like die in there uh-huh. and then you can cook it. So, so that was me with androgynous clothing. (laughs) Oh, I see. So you're like testing the waters, right? Like you're, you're like, let me slowly find my self-expression here. Let me jump right in or whatever. Yes, exactly. Gotcha. Ronaldo, do you remember your first thrift trip? Um, so I, I don't really remember or recall the first time I went thrifting, but I definitely have some memorable moments. Um, I guess my story is a little bit different. So I was born in, and raised in the Philippines, and I'm the youngest of three brothers. So growing up, I always had a lot of hand-me-downs. Mm. And yeah, and when we immigrated to San Francisco, my family had a lot of inner-city friends where we would like share clothes, like we'll swap, you know, shirts and pants based on the week. So for me, like wearing pre-owned clothing was fairly familiar with me when I was in middle school and high school. And I guess it was really after high school where <clears throat> my oldest brother was into rock and roll and my middle brother was in, acad- in academia a lot. So my style was more sports and hip hop. So when I went, when I started going to college, I felt like, okay, well, like I'm just working a regular minimum wage job and I don't want to buy retail. So I started to just go thrifting. Um, and started to just look for things I feel like represented my style at the time, which was heavily hip hop influenced. It was like the hip hop era where it was like oversized shirts and pants. So I think like 
I was a size small in a size 28 waist, but all my friends, we all wore double XL and larger. So even if it was like a taller, larger friend, like I could still, I, in theory, wear their clothing because it's two, three XL. <laughs> it's a different phase in my life. But yeah, it was real easy to kind of exchange clothing just because of the era of where urban hip hop was. That's very interesting. I had never really thought about that. And it makes me kind of wonder if that trend didn't come from some of those experiences. You know, I mean, like there is a reciprocating relationship between fashion or style rather and necessity. You know, like somebody had somebody cool had to wear hand-me-downs that were too big and they were like, well, fuck it. I'm just going to rock this shit. And then they start yeah. a trend or whatever. Everyone go to a school where you had uniforms. Because oh. after like when I left middle school, when I had free dress all year long, that's when I was like, okay, well, I shared clothes with three of my kids from like high school that I went to school with. And obviously that was like four closets instead of just my own. So we will like coordinate with each other. Like, hey, can I wear these, these, these items? So while you can use this, it was, it was coordinated. And I think that kind of broke down the barrier of like, it's okay to share pre-owned stuff. Cause you know, I consider them family at this point. So when you switched clothes, was it like, so you guys would have an open closet sort of setup where you'd say, hey, let's switch these shirts for a bit. Let me wear your shirt and you can wear my shirt or something. And then is it like that? Like, is that kind of what it is? Yeah, it basically that like, hey, like, hey, this week, I'm going to wear all baby blue or coordination of blue colors this week. So like, can you let me borrow three or four shirts and matching pants for that week? Ah, okay. So I, I have a question about that. So yeah, like, people smell different. <laughs> Which could you get? Could you still smell your buddy on you? Well, I don't know. Is that okay? This that, that's okay to ask you. To be honest, yes. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Same. Did you never trade clothes with anyone, Marshall? Uh, yeah. That's that's exactly what I'm expressing. So yeah, like <laughs> think about it. Like they've been wearing those clothes. Um, that smells like them. Okay, you wash them. Granted, but but no, no. You're, that's the same thing as thrifting. You know, Marshall, those are the kinds of things that I think people who don't thrift think about. So I'm surprised that you thought of it because you thrift. I don't even think you will buy anything new. Like, you will hardly buy thrift stuff. You're so cheap. Okay, hold on here. Why does this be about my cheapness? <laughs> this is about weird smells. So. And, you know, I will smell test things at thrift stores. Do you guys do that? No. No. I, I do, yes. You do? I do? Yeah, I do quality check. Me Wait, too. What, do you, can, what can you tell by smell? Hold on. Benjamin, do you smell test things? No, I have a bad habit of like wearing smelly thrift store clothes. <laughs> <laughs> so the, a smell test is when you like, you, you pick something up out of a rack and you're like, oh, I, there's kind of a smell around here. Is it this garment? And you just stick your nose right up in that shit. You're like, nose to garment and you smell it and you make sure that cat pee smell that you're smelling isn't coming from that. There's just some smells that won't come out, you know, like severe BO. Or uh, like your best friend smell. No, that's not. You just need to borrow some people's clothes. You need to stop. You, <laughs> don't you wear your brother's clothes? Isn't that a thing? Uh, no. 
Okay, well, we're going to fix all that. You're so privileged. That's all that is. It's just privilege. Most of us don't worry about that stuff. But there, I don't want things to smell like cigarettes. I don't want things to smell like happy. And I don't want things to smell like feces. Yeah. I've never done it. I've thrifted a long time. Like, I've never picked up a garment and smelled it and then decide or not that I would buy it based on the smell. I mean, that being part of the criteria of buying a thing. Well, there you go. That's exactly why it wouldn't bother you to swap clothes with someone's either. So No, it would that. totally bother me. I don't think so. All right, I'm going to put you on pause. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess what I'm trying to say, circling back to the main point, is that um, there's also visual cues when you're thrifting that you can see. Obviously, there's certain areas of the fabric that hard to get the stain out of and, you know it's just again like the reason why i brought up sharing clothes is because i felt like that was the starting point of like what made me okay with like buying something pre-owned yeah i started thrifting in my teens uh because i grew up very religious and the cult that my parents were in they wouldn't let us we could only wear like long dresses and we couldn't cut our hair we couldn't wear makeup just it was very severe so when my parents left that cult, I was 16. And um, that now there was this whole world of fashion for me, but we just still didn't have any fucking money. So I found thrifting and it was like a love affair. But it, it never bothered me if it was dirty, if it was smelly. Like that wasn't even a really big deal to me. I have very, I will buy underwear. I will buy sheets. I will buy, the only thing I really won't thrift are towels just because they feel really crunchy and old and I don't like it. Mm. In this cult that you're talking about, you said you only get to wear long dresses, but was yeah. there like, was there like a, like a, a rule or scripture of the cult that said like thou shall not thrift? It's like, no, you can thrift. <laughs> But you couldn't, we couldn't, you know, it was a modesty code. Like we couldn't wear sleeveless things. We couldn't you know, show our chest. We couldn't wear shorts or short skirts. I mean, it was, just, it couldn't wear pants. Can it show your form in any way? That's pretty intense stuff. Yeah, it was great. Anyway, so to your point, Minna, it was a uh, Minna six. It was no transition at all for me. I think some people do get stuck on those things like, ooh, someone wore it before. Uh, and I don't see nearly as many men in thrift stores as I see women and children. What's your experience, all of you? And you can just speak up. What is your experience? Shopping as a male at a thrift store, do you notice gender differences? Uh, what What's your observation? Mm, there's no observation. Oh, so this is Marshall, right? I don't notice anything because uh, when I go into a thrift store, I just sort of have in mind what I'm going to do, kind of poke around. That's kind of it. Like, I don't... Marshall, is that you always finish faster than I do, like way faster. We're still talking about thrifting, right? Okay, well, maybe that's true. Yeah, like you're like, I'm still going through a billion racks and you're all like, uh, I guess I'll go look at books again. Like maybe I'm really practiced and that makes me like solid when it comes to going to a thrift store and finding things I want. And right, that's right. what it is. It's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not a weakness. It's a feature of my thrifting. Uh, well, I, yeah. Okay. Good know. point. What, what about you, Thrifty Benjamin? I mean, do you, you because you, you seem to shop all the sections. So I never consciously noticed it, but now that I'm thinking back on it, there are a lot less men in thrift stores and there's a lot less variety in the men's section and that's why um 
I tend to shop out of all of the sections, especially like I think that a lot of men's items that are unique just get put in the women's section um, because they're like patterned or whatever. I think that's um, true. I actually find them sometimes and I'm like, this is doesn't have boob darts. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, even if it did have boob darts, I would probably wear it, but... <laughs> it's to me, and it may just be a matter of opportunity or, or geography, you know, the sections are just sparser. There's just not, a, there's not as many racks, like that's quantifiable. And there's not as much variety in the styling. You know, how many plaid shirts does one dude need? Exactly. It's all plaid and Hawaiian. Um, <laughs> and that gets old really fast. <laughs> totally. I like vest from the men's section. That's, I'm always looking for vest. Mm, yeah. Yes. Ray, like, what's your take on gender and thrifting? Do you notice any differences? Just sticking to, um, no, there's not a lot of men thrifting, to be honest, from my, from my observation. Um, especially just like as an Asian American, also, it's, there's not much presence of men thrifting, let alone men shopping at all, period. Um, really? So when you go to the thrift store, you notice that there's very few men as well? It just depends, because for San Francisco as a fashion city, we're very expressive of how we dress, so you, you definitely do get eclectic San Franciscans who shop fairly well. Or, for example, when I travel to Portland, you know, it's such a thrift city that it's, you know, you'll see a good amount of men and women thrifting. Um, but generally, I, I notice that men aren't prevalent thrifters. Yeah, and I feel like, um, I, I think it's just, like you said, it's sort of, um, it's not that it's thrifting that is making that happen necessarily. It might be just a trickle-down effect from men shopping in general less. And my thought has been that, I used to work in retail years ago, and it, it's as long as I can remember, it's been true that men's sections are always smaller, less variety. And when I think about supply and demand, I think, well, men shop less, so maybe that's the problem, but maybe that's not the best explanation. What would each of you say the, the issue is there? Like, why don't men shop more why aren't they outfitting themselves and enjoying themselves more with fashion we're gonna say something kind of ridiculous so men are like thrift oppressed so you have to like, go into a dressing room and stuff like that so there's this like vulnerable area you have to go into oh. as a guy i'm not I, like as a guy i'm not super keen on um going into uh basically basically i'm in the middle of the store half naked anyone could see me and attack me so there's this combination of being like not having a lot of variety and then doing this vulnerable thing where you have to check if the thing fits and you have to kind of be in this weird room surrounded by strangers it's not like a thing you want to do if you're a little bit squirrely or shy or you don't feel comfortable shopping and i'm i, I imagine that's not i imagine guys aren't trained to uh like engage that kind of thing, at least in the West, culturally. I get your point. I, like I said, I'm saying something ridiculous, but maybe it's helpful. And I see the ridiculous part is that of all the people who should be worrying about being attacked and being vulnerable in a dressing room, it's probably not men. Uh, that's probably the ridiculous part. But <laughs> I do think you have a good point about the vulnerability of shopping, maybe just like, you know, maybe like being self-expressive with 
self-compassion is a vulnerability. Maybe exposing yourself to ooh, gross. Not let me say that differently. Maybe, <laughs> maybe yeah. like putting yourself into an uncomfortable position is not is something that maybe male privilege hasn't encouraged very often. Is that like a good reframe? Maybe so. Maybe attacked like physically attacked is one thing, but. So like it bothers me that if someone checks the handle, it kind of freaks me out. And I think that's just anybody who's like in a dressing room in the middle of a thrift store to out. I was just going to say, I don't know if you heard the episode with Haley. Um, I think it's called um, Delicious because she was in the dressing room and a guy walked in on her and she was like, yeah. and then it wasn't enough that he embarrassed her. He followed her around the store after that and in line told her that she looked really good and that she looked delicious. Yeah. Ew, that's Crazy. definitely on the, the top of the line kind of shit stuff to do. There's some kind of vulnerability with shopping and dressing and looking to see if you look good. And I never thought about it that way. That's, um, when you go in that room, like there's just hair there and it's you and your body and clothes yeah. you don't know were fit. I don't know. Sometimes I put on something I think it's going to look good. Then I look at myself and I go, ugh, I don't feel very good about myself. It can be kind of a bummer. So like anybody else, you, you're just kind of in this, like if you're in this sort of environment, and I'm just talking out loud. Maybe if you're a guy and you're not really well adjusted when it comes to your relationship with your clothes or with shopping, yeah. going to like a kind of fringe activity, in that way is probably a it's I probably see. like what benjamin said um frog that's in the hot water immediately so they jump out rather than ah. getting a cold spot and then heating and then heating it up what do you think benjamin does that sound like i used it right <laughs> yeah um and i would agree with that though i think like also like yeah i think thrifting is the equivalent of the hot water whereas normal shopping is the cold water but even that like i think there's a huge um social stigma around like men caring about their appearance um which i think we're starting to see um go away a little bit but yeah it's like oh i don't care about what I wear, I don't care about what I look, so I'm not going to go shopping because that's a girl thing. No, yeah, I totally agree. Like, I'm just thinking about some pop culture things like movies in which the the star of the movie is some sort of uh, weird, uh, raunchy kind of guy who's a slob, and he doesn't care about fashion or hygiene. And then he has this sort of stunning, sharp, smart, well-put-together, fashionable mate and that's supposed to be sort of the picture. I'm thinking about the West, right? The, the picture of how men are supposed to operate and how women are supposed to operate. Or at least if it's not, if it's not explicit, it's implied that you aren't supposed to uh, get too deep into what might make you feel empowered rather than what makes you feel, what makes you look like an identifiable cultural male. Right. <clears throat> That's an interesting take. And, you know, I guess I don't think about it as sympathetically. I, I interpret that from a female perspective of disempowerment. Like, men don't have to put any effort in. They just slough it. This is a generalization, of course. 
And, and then as women are over here having, feeling the pressure to look good all the time. So I had, because I have that sort of feminist view where the pressure to perform is always on us. Like we have to um, perform for our dinner. Then I hadn't really thought about it that way it, as a sort of, problem for men in terms of expressing their identity through clothes yeah so this is right um so before where i work now i used to work at a retail flagship store and i think to kind of touch back on a question you ask whether why aren't men thrifting as much to be honest it could just from my experience with my friends and people i've met through social media it's just they've never done it before like for example you know like if you don't go to the gym, you're not going to go for the first time by yourself. You kind of uh -huh. need some to go with you and kind of show you the do's and don'ts and, you know, what to look for and things like that. So when I actually left that retail company, I started doing coffee and thrift meetups where I just, you know, on social media, it's like, hey, from 10 a.m. to 12 noon, I'm going to be at this cafe. So come meet me and then I'll take everyone thrifting. And then people who I've taken with me, actually go thrifting now because they've actually been to a thrift store and I've showed them like what to look for, like what to keep an eye on, like and understanding product knowledge on like the quality of the fabrics, the stitching, like certain cues on clothing that will like, oh, this is worth the value when it's priced based on how much it is produced to cost or how much it would be retail. So in my opinion, I feel like to answer your question, I feel like men just don't go shopping if at all like we're ready we already have a short attention span from <laughs> so for them to actually be focused and look for something to style themselves with you know depending on your work environment or professional environment you may not need that i see that's a really interesting take too and you know i love that you're doing those meetups do you still do that um i haven't done it in a few weeks but um I, I try to do it once every two months. I would love people of all gender identities to feel comfortable shopping slash thrifting. But really, because I'm a therapist and I work with specifically the transgender population is one of my specialties, I know how uncomfortable many transgender people are around shopping and clothing. And that comes from these gender norms and stereotypes of who gets to shop and who gets to feel comfortable. And I just love that you're challenging that, Ray, saying, hey, this is for you too. Yeah, no, I've actually went one-on-one -on -one shopping with a few close friends who are in the LGBTQI community. And it's so fascinating to hear their take on like, well, see, you already have polarizing options. It's men or women. It's size, small, medium, large. And it's already painting or depicting picture of like body image on top of already polarizing people's gender identities so that's why for me benjamin i also look at the women's because not only do i thrift but i also like reworking thrifted clothes mm -hmm. so i may find like a women's coat which is tapered at the hips and i actually find fabric to like loosen it up or rework things to make it fit the way i want it to so that's also another component i do with thrifting is i rework a lot of the clothes awesome the reason I wanted to have identified men come on the show and talk about it is not because I want to enforce gender stereotypes, but because I want to reduce them. So the audience for my podcast is predominantly female. And I would like all of the females listening to this to 
invite men in their life to go shopping, to go thrifting, to encourage them to break down those stereotypes themselves, to find their pleasure and their joy and to not be bound to their one little section of the store and to just be patient with that transition, that process. Because I think like Marshall was saying that there are, there is a lot of cultural norming to to resist and it sounds like for all of us we're in very understanding communities you know being in san francisco it's a loving community so we dress the way we express and you know in some other places they might not have that luxury if it's more religious of a, a city or a town it might not be the same yeah last night as a family we were watching the hannah gatsby special on netflix i believe and i think it relates marshall what do you think she was really good. She was like, like, that's what, I don't know, if, if comedy has a direction, uh, that's, that's the direction. Like, what's so cool about it is that, like, I think she nailed it. Like, there's a genre of man comedy where they gripe and they groan and they uh, rage and they talk about the structure of the world and how unappetizing it is for them or something like that. Like what men have to go through to do this and that. And people are supposed to be like, oh yeah, that's like my life or that's how things are. But then I imagine watcher of uh, viewers of hers are saying, no way. Like I think just like the traditional, like, I don't know, I don't know, American maybe, let's just say, are looking at that routine and saying, no way. That's not how reality looks. That's not how, that's not accurate to my lived experience. And I'm thinking about like the guys that are pretty, comfy in the the uh sort of myopic male focus and they would they would say that's not even funny that's not even good comedy but it's just the fact that someone else is sharing their uh their gripe their rage and their dissatisfaction with how the world operates and they're like lacquering it with humor i don't know now i shouldn't even this is not about this right so uh thrift stores yeah they're they can be smelly right I don't think there's any logical or humanistic reason that the men's section of any clothing store should be a quarter of the size of a woman's section. That is a social artifice. Yeah, I think that um, it's cyclical. I think that store owners think like, oh, well, men shop less, so we'll have less men's clothes. And then since there's less, men shop less because there's less variety and less, I don't know, less to choose from. And it just is like a self-fulfilling thing. Oh, right, right. So it's like there is a supply and demand rule happening, but it's hard to know which one is leading. Yes. Gotcha. Well, you know, my thought is is that it, this seems to be true of any social issue, is that the more we create discourse on it, the more willing we are to talk about it, the more willing we are to uh, relieve ourselves of these barriers, the more likely it is to change and one of the reasons that I think now is a good time to talk about it is because like one of the things I've taken a lot of pleasure in over the past few years is dressing uh, in a man repelling way. Do you guys know what that is? Yeah, I'm not sure. I've heard that before and I, I have a, a kind of a evolving picture of what that involves. So it's not, it's not totally unfamiliar. So man repelling is this way in which women dress to be anti-sexy. So we'll wear things that we know men don't approve of, like, you know, pattern clashing and oddly shaped clothes and chunky shoes and big horn rim glasses, you know, like we're trying to look 
unattractive to men, but we like it. And so we compliment each other on our artistic expression rather than our ability to attract men. <laughs> it's this kind of like tongue in cheek cultural movement to say to women, I release you from being sexy, right? So it's super fun. And it's for me personally, it's been renewing my joy in style because I'm approaching 50. And to be honest with you, I'm fucking tired of my body or my appearance or how I choose to adorn myself being up for male review. And I would like to see some kind of counter movement in maybe a more gender fluid way that releases us all from, I don't know, whatever preconceived notions we have about style and class and gender and sexuality and just sort of allow us to, to, to be whoever we want to be in a fun, artistic, and interesting way. Also, whether or not you're a professional, you know, I really don't ever want to hear that word again. Like, I'm understanding the the man repellent movement as being a sort of a way to free yourself from the male gaze, right? Reassert uh, the focus of the clothes. The clothing is an expression of you rather than uh, an appeasement of uh, men. So I was thinking this along the lines is that I think maybe it's true that the average guy is dressing in the way that maybe the, the man repellent movement is not dressing. So I think maybe the average guy is sort of like, well, I dress for occasions. So if I need to go to work, I dress this kind of way. And if I need to go to the gym, I dress this kind of way. So it's supposed to fit more so of them doing the thing they're going to be doing rather than like a, a, an ex and, and maybe like expressing themselves in what kind of person they are in that task, but not like a fundamental like expression of who they are. Like I'm wearing this because that's the kind of, uh, that expresses my, some inner part of me that I want to reveal through clothes. I don't know many men or any, many guys that would say or behave that way. So that would make sense to me. Asked each one of you to come on the show because I feel like you're already doing that. When I look at your style, Marshall, I know you're in an academic setting and I know that you are put together. You're expressing your style. It's funky. It's, you know, tailored. It, it gets attention for who you see yourself as. It's not the norm on campus for sure. I don't know what your settings are, Benjamin, but I definitely see you expressing yourself. And I think, Ray, I see that, too. I see that you have your own personality in your clothes. Like, like, what do you guys think? May I add a layer to this conversation, if that's okay? Please, please. <clears throat> so, you know, growing up, again, uh, immigrant, Asian-American, and being exposed to as much as San Francisco is a liberal, very accepting city, I, I have grown up seeing that brown people and those with African-American backgrounds are treated differently, and it... it, it sad reality because not that it was ingrained in me but just like understanding my environment that we have to dress extra sharp for example to just get the fair chance of an opportunity uh for example you know like it, it is a reoccurring thing in the united states that you know there, there's police brutality 
So even yeah. for me, sometimes I dress, even if it's just a regular day at work, I will wear a suit just because I know, like, I don't want to dress too down because I know, like, I could be a statistic and I know it's a really hard pill to swallow and share. But I think that's a reality that not only myself share, but it's, I mean, even personally at work, like, I've got opportunities because I went the extra mile and effort to dress up in a three-piece suit, albeit it's all thrifted, you know, so there is a reality for me from my experience that when I dress nice, I get that attention or the open door for an opportunity. There was this one time I, it was at a mall and at the top floor, there's a cafe. And one morning I was just in like a tracksuit, just coming back from like a workout, waiting for my friend so we can grab a coffee together. And the security guard kicked me out and I was like, I'm just waiting for someone. They'll be here in five minutes. And they're like, well, like you have to leave. And I was really, like, really dumbfounded by that. So the next day, I came back in a suit and I sat in the same place, same time. It wasn't the same security guard, but I was not bothered at all. Mm. So I'm just so. I hear you. I absolutely agree. It's that kind of pressure that minimizes our opportunities to express ourselves. It's part of the reason, perhaps, that the men's section is so small and so colorless like so replicated is because there is an enormous pressure to fit this one narrow version of what a well-dressed well-behaved I don't know what it is that says about you when you're wearing a suit what do you think the adjectives of the suit are that are implied by it it just feels like when I'm wearing a suit versus when it's more athleisure or urban wear I I guess with the addition of like my how I look, it's, that's a really good question. I just, maybe it's also almost subconscious, to be honest. It kind of sounds classist. Yeah. Racist and classist, all smudged up together. And, you know, the racism part would come in like, would they bother you in the tracksuit if you were white? Uh, but the three-piece suit would be the classist thing, meaning like, well, you're dressed nice, so you must be okay and and certainly something that women experience but it, we experience it as sexism uh meaning like how i'm dressed says what you can do to me and so it, it's yes it's these social micro oppressions and isms that sort of limit our ability to have fun and th you know feel good about like i don't know about you but ronaldo i don't know if i would feel completely myself in a three-piece suit Oh, I, I, I feel fine. Actually, I mean, because I've been wearing suits since I was in, you know, since prom. I, for me, I don't mind, but I do notice that when I wear the difference, like the, the attention towards me or like the energy that's around me is different. When, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and in my profession, there is a dress code, but I just completely ignore it because I have the privilege to do so. I own my own business. I'm white. I have all these privileges that let me just go, yeah, you know, I'm just not doing that. Can we uh, can we jump to the man repellent stuff again really quickly? I had something that showed up in my head that I wanted to see what it sounded like in our group. So it kind of goes like this: like um, so, if you have a so if you have so the man repellent is sort of so there's a particular uh, strategy to avoid the male gaze, and it involves clothing and other things like that, uh, other deep things other than how you put your clothes together. Okay. And so there's an idea that there's a, uh, something antagonistic that 
is behaving or or either not only just behaves a certain way, but maybe has a certain kinds of expectations for women. And and there, there's a there's a generalization you can put to that. They are uh, they might be demanding or pushy or judgmental or they want to um, cage in the maybe the the gender that they're attracted to. Maybe there's stuff like that involved uh, in that kind of idea that there's some antagonist and they're a certain kind of way. And I'm not saying that's false. That sounds pretty true. Um, you could probably even fill out the details of what that antagonist looks like in really vivid and kind of repulsive detail. So you get a really good picture of what um, kind of reclamation is happening. Okay, good. Okay, but the, here's the other thing that I was thinking of is that, so I'm thinking about myself um, and sort of things I've experienced. And I'm thinking about how Benjamin dresses and his Instagram, what, what, what's revealed about his Instagram and sort of Ronaldo's like uh, journey from different countries and different and walks of life depending on where he wears. So this is, this is where I'm going. It goes like this. Like some of us, I would say like myself and Benjamin and Ronaldo, we're sort of just confused. Like we're running to catch up to figure out what it is to be a male now. And so there's some messages we're getting from other men and there's some messages we're getting from uh, women in our life about what kinds of values uh, men have uh, that they've run into. And so when I hear about sort of like really uh, disrespectful, manipulative, violent men, sometimes I go, what's going on? I'm a guy and I'm over here and I'm seeing the world in a particular way. And I'm granted some privileges and that sort of uh, kind of like ranges in what I notice. But some of the things I discover, I go like, well, why is that even happening? People that are the forerunners of perpetuating the kind of antagonists that are bothering, that are hurting, that are destroying women's lives. Absolutely. But there's some of us just sort of, we notice it and we don't know how to solve the problem and we don't. No, I hear what you're saying, and I think it's a great point. And I think even though this conversation about thrifting, you know, has turned into a social justice conversation, I would just say that do what Ray's doing. Uh, invite men into the thrift world. Invite them into things they're not familiar with. Make those bridges. And what Benjamin is doing, which is, you know, saying, I know that this isn't, comfortable for you for me to wear this floral sweater but I'm going to wear it anyway I'm going to let you be uncomfortable because that's okay and I think it's what you're doing Marshall where you're allowing yourself to ask hard questions and be open on campus with your students about them asking hard questions and yeah that's it and then you know, just speaking for women everywhere, when a man is disrespectful to anyone, another man, a woman, a dog, uh, intervene. Don't be a bystander. Just that sounds say, like some solid direction that those that are confused about how men and women are in the situation where some of us are just confused on both sides, that some direction would, yeah, would really help because we're pushing against the, our group that yeah. are fucking things up. And we're trying to ally ourselves with those that we know are victims, but they are suspicious of us. And so if intervening is uh, a part of that recipe to get things uh, solid, then... Ray, wow. you, brought up, you brought up culture and uh, racism a few times. Is that something that you would 
say too for if you see somebody being treated poorly for being I'm stepping up. I'm saying something. Yeah, that's not even I'm not even gonna hesitate. <laughs> uh, just because we have to. But I kinda wanted to also mention something based on what everyone was just saying and then I also kinda wanna hear Benjamin's thought on it. But I guess my overall thought on thrifting, especially with um you said it's, it's called man repelling. So yeah. Okay. Um so obviously in our own space, at home or wherever it may be, it's our comfort zone, right? It's a place where we could be ourselves and we could love ourselves and our significant other. And I feel like fashion or style is our armor when we step out and that's when we're oh. venturing the world. And for me, my perspective has always been like, for me, thrifting versus someone who spends $2,000 in a suit, an expensive suit doesn't give you status. It gives you comfort. So if I can achieve that same comfort with 20 bucks spending on a, on a suit, I... You know, it's it it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. So for me, it's just like we wear, we are who we are. We narrate our daily life through our fashions. That's why I'm so inspired by everyone in this podcast and to you, Benjamin, as well, because it's the way we want to narrate ourselves to the world. And for me, I just want to welcome everyone to the thrifting community because you don't have to spend that much money. Like there's, I know people who spend a lot on expensive brands who don't know how to style something. Yeah, and they don't know how to say what they want to say with it. Yeah, and that's very rigid confinement to like, or whatever corporate fashion is telling you to do. That's what you're doing versus thrifting where everything's in front of you to either modify, embrace, to wear. Like we're creating our own armor. So if I'm, <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm coming in sweats in a suit, uh, in a sweatpant suit, like to an office. And I don't care. I sit next to the CEO and I don't care. Like, <laughs> Yeah, that's so good. I appreciate that point of view. And I just don't wear a three-piece suit for shock factor. I wear it because I like how it fits. I like the color combination. And it it is me sometimes. Like, I love wearing suits. <laughs> but for me, I'm not. So it's whatever makes you feel comfortable. It's like, what's your home, right? What's your expression? That was such a, it was just beautifully put. I don't think I have anything to add. It, it was perfect. Benjamin, what's your take on how can we help break down the sort of divide and what can people do to invite uh, fewer boundaries between differences? Yeah. Um, I think that, I think just like setting that example and wearing something different, like makes a huge difference because like, I would almost argue for me, I sometimes feel like my um, outfits are like stripping away my armor um like the hole in my armor and i feel sometimes afraid to leave my room in what i'm wearing but i've seen like the people that i wouldn't expect like the most i don't know like the athletes at my university like will compliment my outfits and so to me that like shows that i'm making an impact on them even if they don't change how they dress and um I also think like I'm I think that I don't know I guess I'm just trying to say that like Marshall I think you were saying something about like how do we show women that like we're not like these men that are um preying on them and I feel like the way that I dress like has made a safe space where like I don't know like I feel like I'm more approachable to women you are true that would too, that would communicate like I don't know just 
yeah, I think that could be like, oh, that person there, they've got an open, inviting, yeah, because they, it's, it's something identifiably culturally suspicious for men to do. Right. And so that would be accepted and counter to, uh, yeah, counter to what the general message is that men and women, uh, separate them and there's a, some antagonistic thing going on. But to exchange clothes that way, that sounds like a, a start of a dialogue that without any words. Let's, let's make those invitations. Let's go shop in some part of the thrift store you don't normally visit and find something that says you belong there. Um, so let's just close with like, what's a thrifting tip that each of you have that you think helps you find the best stuff in uh, your favorite section of the thrift store, whatever that is. Um, Ray, will you go first? Uh, yeah. Um, one tip I would give is, I mean, I guess two tips is understand your color wheel because usually that's really helpful, especially with different skin complexion. Just knowing what colors complement your skin. Obviously, that's a very general tip. But I guess inspecting clothes, I would tell people to really look at the stitching. Mm. Um, because, you know, fast fashion, after you wear it once or twice and throw it in the washer a couple times, it starts deteriorating in front of you because the t- stitching is bad. Um, so, but you would see with really well-made clothes, like the stitching like under the neck or or the arms, you could really tell like how the longevity of the fabric is. Uh, that's yes. that's that's what I love to look at, both men and women's clothes when I go to. So quality versus quantity. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Do you have a favorite section of the thrift store like you go to first? Oh my, yeah, I do it in tiers. I do shoes, uh, men's outerwear, and then women's outerwear, and I do shirts. I I don't really thrift pants anymore just because you know ten pairs is good. Um, oh, okay. But yeah, I do it in tiers because you know visually you got to mentally prepare when when you look at shoes it's easier to spot if there's something your size versus if it's too big or too small so you're kind of like getting your feet wet and in outerwear it's easy to comb through benjamin what are your tips and what's your favorite section okay my tip is to go into the costume section during halloween time (laughs) that's why i'm saying maybe it's not a tip it's not like year round they put out all of the vintage clothes as like costumes. Um, so I, I would say stock up during Halloween time. Um, and I think other than the costume section, my favorite section would be women's sweaters. That seems so obvious to me. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So Marshall, what are your tips and your favorite section? It's kind of like Benjamin's um, shop off season. Because what's happening is that if it's wintertime, everyone's going to the coats and everyone's going to the sweaters and that's going to be picked over. But they leave up and they're no, no one else is focusing on, uh, shorts or swimwear and they keep that out for a while. They don't exchange that out to beef anything else up. That's true about thrifting. It's not like retail where it's like, you know, they get rid of the shorts. No, yeah, that's a great tip. They just keep it up. So shop off season, you'll have uh, a wider variety of things that are uh, going on for you to pick. Uh, Is that okay if I share another tip? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, So usually from my experience, you know, actually thrifting in different cities or states are incentives for you to travel for a weekend. But a lot of the times um, thrift stores have um, calendar sales, whether it's military sales or senior day sales or 
50 cent items for t-shirts always invest in looking into that and be strategic also because for me i don't know in either san antonio or denver if you guys have um out of the closet so i specifically go this is my creme de la creme i'm sharing with everyone but i I go i go sundays when it opens because that's when their color sales rotate so for example saturday night when out of the closet is closing they have 30 percent sales 50 percent sales and dollar sales so if saturday night the red tag is 50 percent off when it reopens sunday that goes down to the dollar tier so sunday morning is when you get the most dollar items at Mm -hmm. out of the closet yes or even with um goodwill sales i know they have it every wednesday it changes color tags so you know i'm just very strategic because you know we do take time in our day to go thrifting so it might as you might as well plan on when to go somewhere that's a great tip and there's only one store i will get up early enough to stand in line with the resellers for the tag change and we have a buffalo exchange outlet here and so they change their dollar they have dollar items and they change it on Sundays, and it is the fucking best. It's like thrift heaven. Oh, my gosh. And I think if you are a planner, you should definitely do that. You should put it on a Google calendar and get yourself there and get the men in your life to go with you. Get the gender fluid people in your life to go with you. And and I would think, like, a good tip for embracing uh, non-gendered shopping would be hit up all the different sections of the thrift store that you haven't tried before and see what's there for you and welcome other people into the sections that you have territorial claim over. <laughs> like, listen it up. There's enough thrift for everybody. So, not not just that, but own it. You know, like sometimes own it. my friends are like, why are you in the women's section? It's like, why not? Like, Own it. Yeah, own it. It's yeah. Just be, yeah. Hey, listen, it's time to wrap it up, you guys. I had a really good time. Thank you all so much for coming on Thrift Therapy. Will you each tell listeners how to find you, where to find you, uh, if you want them to find you, and uh, share your social media pages? Benjamin, will you start? Sure. Yeah, mainly just Instagram. Um, my outfit of the day account is Thrifty Benjamin. Thank you so much for having me. It was great to meet you all. Yeah, I had fun chatting with you. Ray, will you tell everybody where to find you and if you have anything to plug? Yeah. Um, first off, I just want to say thank you again, Levi, Marshall, and Benjamin. It's been a pleasure sharing these insights with you. And you could find me at my social media Instagram at mina.6. That's M-I-N-N-A dot S-I-X-T-H. And I am launching a fashion publication where a lot of the creative direction is styled with thrifted items. And I'm launching that like late summer. So really excited about the project. Ooh, me too. And if you need a stylist, just tell me. I'll come visit you. Yes, well, I'll go thrifting. <laughs> uh, Marshall, will you tell people where they can find you? Oh, right. So if you want more of bad fashion a grumpy demeanor. Uh, I totally discourage you from following at Gnome Floof, G-N-N-G-N-O-M-E-F-L-O-F, where you will see a grown man fully dressed in clothes and thrifted. <laughs> That's funny. Well, thank you all again. Y'all have a good night, and I will see you online. Stay thrifty. Stay thrifty. 
We have come to the end of this thrift adventure. Thanks for tuning in to Thrift Therapy. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your podcatcher. And if you want to support the show, you can do so on Patreon or Anchor FM, searching Thrift Therapy. Or feel free to visit thrifttherapypod.com for a one-time donation using PayPal. My website is where I also have extended show notes with pictures for each episode. If you're feeling extra excited about the show, please rate and review on iTunes and tell a friend. Stay thrifty, everybody.